Well, thank you, Uncle Ace, for being here with me. Um, I remember on our wedding night, you and Aunt Betty came in and sat with Johnny and I, and we had a God-centered conversation. And I know for me going into the marriage, I'm not a perfect person at all, but I knew this was going to work out. We were going to have to have God in it because we had such a broken history, the two of us. And when we sat with you guys, it was like such a moment of hope and promise to me because we honored God in getting married. Mm -hmm. We got married in a church. And then we had you guys sit with us and, and we had a faith-filled conversation. And that was just such a blessing to me for you guys to be there and to do that with us. And I feel like every time we're with you, you know, our conversations, we have so much fun, we laugh, but there's always a faith-filled um, conversation. And you do point us to the gospel when we're around you. and. I know my husband looks up to you and, and Aunt Betty so much um, in, in for your faithfulness and in, in your faith walk and, and, and you know, you walk it and you talk it. So um, I just, I'm excited to hear where all of this comes from because I've never really sat down and, and I know some of your, the way you were brought up and, and things like that. but. You really have a heart for the Lord, and I'm, I really want to know, like, where, when did that start? Where does that come from? Well, Francis, I'll tell you, it started when I was very young. I grew up in a very large family. Eight kids. Very religious family. And we were, we never missed church. And God was a very, very important part of our life. I loved Jesus. And... I never really thought I could be good enough to please him. And I would go to bed at night, and if I didn't, I was so fearful that if I hadn't uh, confessed of a sin that day, I would go to hell. Wow. And so I, I was very fearful that I could ever be good enough to get and to heaven. And you think that was, was that kind of like the message you think you received? I think that uh, the religion that I grew up with is a very works-based religion. So that you're led to believe you actually have something to do with salvation. And I can't imagine was, the stress of that as I'm a child. At night, I would say an act of contrition every night. And if I forgot to do it, I was really fearful of where I'd end up the next day if I passed. Wow. I have a friend. Um, who grew up Catholic and she still battles with that today and I don't think she's really have had the the wisdom that you've discovered um, well I went through 12 years of Catholic school and was an altar boy for 10 of them Wow! so uh, I can relate so it was years later I went through a failed marriage and I met Betty and a couple of years later, we got married, and we wanted to worship together. And we came from very different backgrounds. So a co-worker of mine invited us to his church, and we both just fell in love with it. It was truly Bible-based and the greatest teaching that I had heard. And we learned through that that it's nothing that I do. And 
that we lost it all in the fall and Jesus did it all at the uh, cross and resurrection and that we get it all if we put our faith and trust in him. You know, you're reminding me because I remember one time you drew this out mm -hmm. for, Johnny. for Johnny. Yes. Yep. So we lost it all in the fall and then Jesus came and, and we get it all. And we talked about this with um, Amanda, how we're God's redemption story. Mm -hmm. And so if we try to do it, we will always fall short. <laughs> right? Because then we're no longer part of... That's right. I mean, then it's not God's... I mean, it's I know, insulting to Him. <laughs> I mean, I know in all the areas of my life that seemed impossible. And unknowingly, you know, without really... I'm trying to find the right words to say it. Like, I never saw that... that like God was going to redeem my relationship, like that he was going to just redeem so many parts of, of my life. And I know that you talked about, you know, how you, you were divorced and then you, you got remarried. And I'm sure having a Catholic background, maybe you felt a lot of guilt <laughs> for getting divorced, right? Because, I mean, that was a huge... Thing, you know with that the only one in my family so so where did that desire for you and, and Aunt Betty to want to worship where did you where do you think that came from just God holding on to you well, guys of course God you know touches your heart but I really believe that to have a successful relationship that the Lord has to be at the center of it and that starts with us worshiping together. And she wasn't going to go to a Catholic church, and I tried her Baptist church, and it was not for me. <laughs> so uh, God directed us to this church that we just fell in love with. And uh, we've been there for 22 years now. Wow. And have uh, grown together there. Yes, I can't tell you how much I've grown. Uh, once Can you I, try? <laughs> once, once I accepted the Lord, I found a whole new peace in my life. That so I, did you accept the Lord as an adult? As an adult, yes. And you found I may have always thought I was a Christian. Right. But I never surrendered my life to Him. And do you remember that point in time of doing no, it? No, I don't think it was a magical moment. Okay. It was just through the teaching. Uh, like a slow. Mm-hmm. It just surrendered. Jesus, I've loved you for what you've done, but I never realized that that's all I need. <laughs> Is you. <laughs> so it. would you seek other things besides the Lord to try to, I know well, you've talked I, about that. I would, uh, you know, you get in a performance trap where you feel like you have to do this or that to please the Lord. And so what. Or to be enough. To be enough, yeah. That it's. It's him plus what I do. And finally you come to realization that it's nothing that I do. It, it, did you find a lot of freedom in that? Absolutely. I tell my uh, Catholic friend, I asked him, how do you get to heaven, Bill? And he said, through faith and good works. I know you don't believe that. 
but we believe that you need good works. And I said, Bill, you know, once you've devoted your life to Jesus, you are going to do good works. It's got nothing to do with your salvation. And so what would you say, like, maybe some people aren't even aware that, you know, because a lot of people don't live with that level of self-awareness that you have. I mean, they grow up in this environment where they're told they have to produce, 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 good works, good works, good works. And then God, I feel like, you know, has a way of grabbing onto us in certain ways. And how do you come from being that mindset? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's Jesus and God, but is there, I I know what you told your friend, but is there anything you could say, like, I guess you did say it, but I'm just, I'm I'm thinking of my dad. You know, because he is such a doer and he's always doing so many good things for everyone. And he grew up like you, family of eight, never missed a Sunday service. And, and I don't know, sometimes I just want to be like, God, just let him know in his heart that you love him no matter what he does. And we all love him no matter what he does and let him off the hook a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he might (laughs) absolutely kill me, but I'm just... Oftentimes, we just need to talk about uh, the blessings that we've had in this life and how have you planned for your next life? Do you know where you'll be for eternity? And if so, how do you know that? Because if nothing else, it should cause one to reflect on... How do you know that? Where am I going to be in eternity? But, I mean... It lets you off the hook, but I wonder if for some people it'd be like, well, I did all these good things and it's not, you know, it's no, still not about a, you. There'll be a lot of good people who aren't celebrating with us in heaven. You know, they're moralists that think they can earn their way and they don't really give credit to our Lord. And to the grace of God mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. Wow. So we need to pray for those people and we need to reach out to them. Okay. We are ambassadors for him. Yeah. To help them see. And the you know that that's been a huge um, purpose of of or passion of mine for doing this because, like, especially me, for example, like, who am I to do this? You know what I mean? Like, who am I to sit here and talk? You know, like, I'm imperfect in so we many ways. We all are. Right, and you know, God's grace can do wonderful things through our brokenness and our unworthiness and. You know, in all the areas, like, I'm not capable of doing things. God, can, I can let him show up and do it, you know. Um, and I think a lot of times the church and Christians and especially, like, very religious organizations are viewed as, per, like, they are perfect and, and righteous. And, you know, a lot of times are saying what's right and wrong. Um, that's really what they're looked at as, like, being the ones that say, you know, so this right. is right and wrong and and I think that being vulnerable sometimes and being vulnerable is saying like it's not by my works it's by you I'm going to be vulnerable to you and be under you Jesus like surrender to you we are helpless on our own because we're all uh, just we're sinners and and so how um, have you 
brought this, obviously, if you've brought it to us to your, your children, and, and are they believers? Two of my children are, and one is not. He doesn't believe at all, or she? Or he believes, but uh, it's not a priority in his life. Okay. I pray for him every day. Uh, the Lord needs to touch his heart, and I know because of the way he was brought up that he'll... Come back. At some point, come back. That's what we talked about yesterday. That's my prayer. Right? Yeah. Is raising him up, and then you got to trust God. That's right. That's exactly That right. he'll come back. I just always ask that because, you know, I have my sure. two little ones. So you do what you can. Well, and I, then have, I have so many friends who are unbelievers. And, you know, I, I find that it's, it's almost easier to talk to an unchurched, unknown person to yourself about the Lord than it is family and close friends. Because do you think they get kind of offended or there's judgment there? I, I think I always pray that I won't come off as self-righteous or judgmental. But that is the tendency of one if you strike the wrong chord. Or trigger somebody. Because <laughs> yeah. some people are offended by the gospel. So I think first we have to model Christianity. Have them realize that, wow, Something is different in you than what I used to know. Well, you, you, everywhere you go, you bring so much joy, and you're really a light in the room, you know. And and everyone in our family has to look and see that there's something different there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and um, for you to say that, I I can see that. You well, know, that, that's what he calls us to do. Right. If we're gonna live by the Spirit. And we also and walk by the Spirit. If this is off topic, you can say we can cut at any time. Was God the center of your first marriage? No. I, I would have thought that, uh, that he was. She actually converted to Catholicism for our marriage. To be married. Yeah. And, but you know, we were really too young and immature and both just anxious to uh, be newlyweds and have babies and so God wasn't really the focus and when troubles hit which which happened probably seven years in uh, I might have prayed to God to help solve the situation but I never Turned the reins over to him. You didn't invite. Me. You I didn't. In, you this. didn't invite him in. No. I can fix this. And so, what are some ways you would encourage, like, married couples now, having God in the center of your marriage? How would you encourage them to invite God into their their marriage? Maybe they are struggling, or are newlyweds, or have been married a long time. Um, and have fallen in a habit of not having it be God-focused. Do you have anything you would say to them? Well, I would just say that uh, because of our own weaknesses, we can get in ruts socially, uh, in work, but certainly in marriage. And unless there's an, a real honor for one another, but primarily an honor for God, 
and a trust that he will oversee the success of our relationship, then the tendency is to stray. And if one keeps him at the center, then he keeps you together. Wow. Love is true love. And you, you and Aunt Betty have such a model of, of, of marriage that I hope that we can grow to be like. 30 plus years. I mean, <laughs> you, you see how you do honor each other and how you speak to each other and the way that you are together. And it's so encouraging for us. And we're so lucky to have you guys in our lives. And well, thank you. And I just thank you for being here. And is there anything else you feel in your heart that is part of your story or your testimony? Yes. Um, as much as I fell in love with the Lord, I was still very, very busy with work. And when I retired seven years ago, I got to give back. So... Uh, it's just been my thrill. I'm an elder at our church now, and I lead a discipleship group, which is a group of five men that meet every week. Uh, I sing gospel music and do Bible lessons at an assisted living place, and I, I lead a Bible study in my neighborhood on Friday. So it puts me in touch with the Lord outside my devotional with something almost every day of the week, and that has been just so rewarding for me. Has it brought you a lot of joy and contentment? Peace. peace. More than the busy hustle yes. and bustle. Stress. <laughs> Do you think looking back and your, you know, demanding work, um, do you think you could have incorporated, like, you know, we can't always go back or live with regret, but maybe somebody who's walking that now, who has this sure. demanding job, who's busy all the time, would you have a word for them on incorporating some of that in there? I think what I would always do is recommend thanking the Lord for your blessings. Because I was blessed with a good career. But I'm afraid I thought a lot of it was on my behalf. And it wasn't until later that I realized it was Him just giving me blessings. Okay. Year after year. So gratitude. Him credit. Thank you. Credit goes to him for everything. Wow. So. Anything else you'd like to share? My favorite verse? Yes! <laughs> yes, please. I ask everyone this. Favorite <laughs> verse, prayer, um, story? 2 Corinthians okay. 5.21. Okay. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Says it all. And so, would you say, for someone who maybe doesn't believe in hearing that wonderful verse, I know my pastor said that he loved that Billy Graham would just say, you know, if that's hard for you to believe that Jesus came and was, you know, the Son of God and, and made sin for us, and it's not us, would you pray, you know, God make this real for me, show me it's real, and he will do it, right? Yeah. He'll show you the truth in that if you ask to see it. He will take it. the veil away and soften your heart. Amen. And hopefully they'll see the light. Well, thank you again for thank coming you, and being with My me. Pleasure. Oh, I just love you guys so much. And 
so much for sitting with us today. Please comment if this was impactful and helped you in any way, and we'll see you next time.